welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and delivers value through personal development. And that is exactly what we are going to do today. We are going to dive into personal development. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is Travis McQueen. And today we are going to dive into mindset, personal development, business, I think. Yep. So we'll see. I don't know what we're diving into, but that's the fun one. Um, I actually like doing that when you said, do you want to know? I'm like, no, let's just go with it. Cool. So we'll start it off here, guys. We, uh, this is something that I just came up with. Cody and I were having a conversation earlier, and he was talking about this story that you've probably heard on the podcast about when you were in a, you know, a conference, and when you're 19, 20 years old, and that guy asked you about your personal values, and you were just like, oh, boom, mm. boom, boom, and he's like, wow, that's way too fast. Yeah. You really don't even know what they are. You just thought it sounded cool. So, yeah, um, and I kept thinking about it, and I thought this would be a good question to elaborate, elaborate? elaborate on today, so... First question um, I think we should talk about is, A, what are your personal values? And B, side uh, part two, or another part of this question is how, what are they? And how did you specifically determine those were yours? Mm. Um, that is a really good question. Yeah. And for those who don't know the story, I'm not going to dive into it, but just briefly, like um, it was Martin Rooney who was a, uh, he, he's a, if you don't know who Martin Rooney is, look him up. If you're, especially if you're a trainer, um, he's a legend in the space when it comes to just training. He was at a lot of perform better seminars. He, uh, created training for warriors, which he was training some of the top guys in the UFC and in, um, oh, I can't remember what it was called, a uh, pride fighting. Uh, and, and he ended up training everyday people. So it, it went from training UFC fighters and people in pride and stuff like that to going, okay, we're going to train everyday people who want to look like a fucking warrior <laughs> who want to look like an athlete who want to train like a fighter or like an athlete but maybe they don't need to compete and he created training for warriors and a big part of it was just motivating clients it was amping people up he had he literally has more energy than anybody i've ever met in my life it's it's absolutely crazy and inspiring um just super cool and uh and he was going through the group and he was like basically just said like, Hey, we're going to talk about setting core values. And he, he said, does anybody know their core values? And I immediately, uh, raised my hand or maybe it was like, we're going to create our core values. And I was the first one to say I created them and raised my hand. But long story short, I, I like threw out some shit that just sounded cool to me. I was like ambition, loyalty, respect, hustle or whatever. And he was just like, yeah, those aren't true. He was like, you're saying that cause you heard it in a song or you just think it sounds cool. Like at the end of the day, like I said, I think I said, uh, honesty. And he was like, have you ever told a lie? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, when was the last time you told a lie? And I just kind of froze. And he was like, man, like these need to be things that you would die for, you know? And, and, you know, now I can say honesty because I haven't told a lie in a long time. And there's been times where I've had to have hard conversations and I could have lied and made it easier. And I looked the person in the face and been like, fuck, here's the truth, you know? And that sucks. But that's a core value of mine. Like, so that affected me a lot because I was like, man, like, I don't, I don't know what I would die for. Like, that's deep. And, uh, and so anyway, that's the story. But, um, I think setting your core values needs to be something that comes with a lot of experience. Like you can't just write things on a piece of paper and, and because they sound cool or write things on a piece of paper because you want to be those things or you want to possess those traits and characteristics you have to write things down on a piece of paper that are traits and characteristics that you already possess, right? So that being said, the first one that comes to mind is authenticity. 
And the reason authenticity is my core value, one of um, my core values is because, and I actually have them written down so I can pull up the notes after this uh, in case I forget because I have them written down. I, I suggest everybody do that. Like sit down, write out your core values. And again, don't write shit that sounds cool. Write down things that you already live by and want to enforce in your life even more, right? So because, you know, there's certain things that I think are really cool and that I might, I would love to be my core value, but the truth is, is I don't live it. So that can't be my core value because obviously I don't care about it enough or it doesn't mean enough uh, or I don't have an experience with it enough for me to say it's a core value. I can value that, but it's not my core value. It's not something I would die for and live by. Core. Yeah. Yeah. So authenticity is the first one that came to mind um, because number one, it, for me, it's always been a respect factor. I don't respect people who aren't authentic. I just can't. Like if I see you acting a certain way online, especially in today's day and age, and I know you in person and I know you're putting on a front online, I immediately lose respect for you. Like I hate that shit. It's just you're not being transparent to who you are as an individual and you're doing things or saying things or acting a certain way. Because you're a sheep and you're trying to follow the crowd. And that's the reality. That's the whole like, um, uh, what is the saying? Lions don't, uh, they don't consume themselves with the thoughts of sheep or something like that. Basically, lions stand their own. Yeah. Sheep are in a herd. They fall in the flock. You know what I mean? And if you're doing things because you're afraid of getting judged, you're doing things because you don't want to stand out, you're doing things because everybody else says that's the way you're supposed to do it. That's not authenticity to me, unless you're doing things that you truly value and live by and everybody around you just happens to live by. And that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's who you are. But if I can see a, a, a contrast between who you are in real life and who you are online or who you are in front of other people, or that's the worst, right? You have somebody, you know, and then when you go around a different crowd, all of a sudden they're changing. Totally. Right. The only time that's acceptable, and I've actually seen this with people that are from out of town that live here long enough, their accents kind of change, and then you go around their old friends and their accent kind of comes back, and it's actually really funny. That's different. But if you're changing your personality, who you are, like you're not being authentic. And for me, that was really important because, you know, everybody I respected in my life was that way. You know, that was one of the big things my dad always taught me is, is being who you are, being authentic, never telling a lie. Doesn't matter if it sucks, hurts breaks people, lifts people, like no matter what, don't lie, just tell the truth, be you. And my grandpa always had the saying to him too, and it's perfect, he's like, if you never tell a lie, you never have a story to remember, which is very true, because you're yeah. you, and you're telling the truth, and you don't have to remember shit. Yeah. You don't have a story, yeah. it's just reality. Makes life a hell of a lot easier, sometimes more difficult, because you gotta tell the truth. Yeah. But, but if, if you're telling the truth, <clears throat> but you're telling the truth about something that you were doing that is not really you, then when you could go to tell the truth again, you're just like, wow, what was I doing? Because that was, really wasn't me. Yeah. And you fuck up the truth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're making shit up, you fumble your story. Totally. <laughs> you can't remember how it went. And then yeah. you're like, well, that's not what you said last time yeah. when we were at it's a It's not really place. what I would have done because that's not me. So I don't even know what I did. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so being you, being authentic, and, and also everybody in the industry I respected was kind of a, I think a martyr is the right word or a renegade. Like, When I looked at, like, why do I get inspired by them? Why do I respect them? Why do I look up to them? It's because they were different. Like, they were standing up and doing their own thing. They were a trailblazer. They were marking their own path. I was like, man, that is fucking cool. You know, it's the same thing with, like, I I remember 
plenty of conversations with people about my tattoos, especially in my family and stuff like that. And I understand it's a concern, but that was the thing is like, this is me. Yeah. Like it, this is my skin. It doesn't concern you. And like, I understand where you're coming from, but don't worry about it. Like this is who I am. And if people don't like it, then fuck them. If they don't like my language, you know, like, and that's, and that's one that like that pushes the edge. But here's the thing. For me to so if, for me to censor myself, I have to try really hard. If I'm trying really hard to change how I talk, I'm changing who I am. Yeah. Which means my energy changes, means my passion changes, how I explain things changes, the stories I tell change. Yeah. Now, I'm a respectful person, so believe me, I try to wash my mouth around my grandma and stuff. That's what I'm saying. What if it's grandma that doesn't like your tattoos? Uh, like I understand oh, grandma and I love you. Yeah. But fuck you? No. You well, just said but, fuck them. No, but see here's the thing. Is to me that's that that's disrespectful. Saying fuck them is to me is like uh, it's it's that's just a general concept. If you okay. don't like who I am, because my grandma she doesn't like tattoos. Obviously, uh, she didn't like that she actually drew my first one. She didn't know because <laughs> I had her draw something. I yeah. took and got it tattooed, and uh, and she wasn't happy. But sorry, grandma. There this you is who I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> sorry, and, grandma is more of a fuck em. Yeah, and and I would never say like if somebody blatantly was like. I don't like your t- blah, blah, I wouldn't go, fuck you. Yeah. I would just say, oh, that sucks, man. This is me. You know, but so. Sorry you f- feel that way. Yeah. Fuck them isn't like a derogatory thing to some person, you know? And I'm not a, like. Or I'm, direct. Yeah, exactly. Understand. And I'm a respectful person, so I'm not ever derogatory to people. I don't put people down. Like, that's just not me. That's not who I am. I, I have. Not authentic. I mean, that's authentically who I am. I'm actually totally. an empathetic person. Yeah. Um, but I'm also a very passionate person. I curse a lot. So. Trying to filter that changes how I do things. And if I change how I do things, I'm not going to affect as many people because there's a lot of people who are impacted by the show because of how I approach it. I can't change how I approach it, you know? Um, I wish there was, there should be a button on, on iTunes shit that like, you can click yeah. and to filter it. Yeah. Then it would get annoying because it'd just be like beep, beep all the time. <laughs> no, not as much, but yeah. I understand what you mean. Yeah. But, but the point is, is like, this is who I am. And, and I saw a lot of people in the industry that were going their own path and, they weren't necessarily more or less successful, but they looked happier. They looked like they, like they were people I aspired to be like, and, and I wanted to, to do things my way as well. And honestly, I, I, I was bred in, in a group fitness setting, really. We branched out and started doing some individual stuff, but that is the opposite of what tailored is, mm. right? We're so about uniqueness and individuality and tailoring the process to somebody that I had to go and trust my own gut and believe in my own path in order to create something different that went that path, the individual route. Um, so authenticity, uniqueness, individuality, that like, that's a huge core value of mine because of what I respect of other people. And I can't be fulfilled or my happiness, if uh, my, my happiest self, if I don't live that way either, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not truly authentically and unapologetically myself and the people I have met in person and on the phone who are fans of the podcast or anything like that, which rarely happens in person, but it happens all the time on a phone call because I take calls with new members, current members that have been with people, people from the Tailored Life Challenge. And the amount of times I've heard people say, like, I respect you because you're authentic. Like talking to you on the phone just reassures how authentic you are because it just sounds like I'm listening to a podcast right now, but I get to literally interact with you. Um, and I rarely ever meet people in person. I mean, this podcast isn't that big, yeah. but I have a handful of times yep. and it's cool to be able to bullshit with somebody and, and talk to them. The longest conversation I had with somebody random was at that concert when I was waiting for Shannon to go to the bathroom and I had beers. I was just sitting out there drinking beer at a country concert and they walked up and we started bullshitting. 
and it was just like really, really cool for them to see me in my element, but it was no different. Yeah. Cause again, I don't have to worry in public if I'm always myself, Yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's a new age type of thing too. Cause there's been plenty of times where my mom's been like, cause she listens still like, you can't say that. Or like, you got to watch yourself or especially way back. I remember Theo told a story about taking mushrooms Yeah. way back. And I remember him saying that and me being like, Oh fuck man, yeah. come on. And my mom called me and she was like, you cannot do that. I was like, well, I mean, technically I can because <laughs> this is where I, I, sorry, I, mom. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a, like, I mean, this is my podcast. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Um, but I agree that was pushing the limit, mom. I understand where you're coming from. Um, but I think that, that, that for me is the biggest one. People respect authenticity. People want to be around people who are authentic. Um, people value authenticity, especially in today's day and age, because it's so easy to be fake. Yeah with so many layers of technology and social media and things to hide behind. I mean, and I don't have any problem with makeup, but like makeup, plastic surgery. I mean, there's just so many things you could hide behind. I mean, I could take, and I've done this. I've posted old pictures. I could take a thousand pictures of me shredded and then never post a picture again until I'm shredded again. And you would never, you would just think I'm constantly shredded. Yeah. I can hide behind that filter. Yeah. And then I get on a podcast, you can't see me. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's really easy to be inauthentic today. So I think uh, being unapologetically yourself is a core value of mine, which is on authenticity. It's, it's transparency, it's uniqueness, it's individuality. It's a lot of things in one, but I think that's the best way to explain it. Um, and that's, that's one of my biggest ones, I think. Yeah, for sure. Want to stick with that? I mean, I can, I have more if you want me to keep going, but I just didn't know if you wanted to add to that or let's do two or three. So, um, but I mean, like you said, that one goes under a huge umbrella. Well, so like that's the, one of them is trust. Honest. Ooh. And I'm like, that kind of goes in that because I feel like if you, you're authentic or you're honest, trustworthy, yeah, it, whether whether people like what I'm going to say or not, they can't say that I'm not honest. Yeah. You know, because I'll tell it how it is. Even if if Yeah. And even the, if they want to believe you or not, they can trust you because they know you're authentic. And you I'm not going to yeah. bullshit you. And I think that's where like in this industry, that's so important because there's so much guruism or marketing and fad diets and all these quick fixes that I've always tried to take a stand of being authentic and honest and giving a trustworthy approach to where like, I'm going to tell you exactly how to get the results and whether you like it or not, this is the path. So when somebody wants to sign up for coaching and they want a quick fix and I'm like, Hey, we're not the cheapest for a reason. And we need you to commit to at least three months, which to me is still not even that long. You know, a lot of times work with me, I require six personally, but we have those on the front end and I'm like, Hey, we're also going to take you through a, like a one month at least period where we're going to prime you. Cause you're not in a healthy enough place. Like, let me give you all these uh, like authentic, honest, transparent reasons as to why we can't start dieting yet, but you should still hire me for that diet yep. to help you lose fat. Like in many ways I'm shooting myself in the foot, but what I've learned is people respect tr transparency so much that they're like, fuck, that's not what I wanted to hear. But I think that's what I need based on what you're telling me. And yeah. I trust you. And I know you know this cause your business but you're shooting yourself in the foot to the wrong client you're you're helping yourself 100%. when the right client yeah 100 percent. and that's yeah. the people we want and a lot of times that wrong client who says no comes back and they're like damn should have listened yeah and i'm not like throwing in their face i'm like i get it yeah we've all done that yeah i've done it too let's forget the past and move on and do it the right way yeah um so trustworthy trusting like trust in general is definitely a core value but i think that kind of follows uh, falls under that umbrella of authenticity still um, go giver is one 
So uh, I'm going to pull up my list of them. Go-giver is a personal value? Yeah, because it, it's hard. I mean, I like it. being a go-giver is kind of a weird wording for it, but I don't know how giving. I don't know. Giving, caring. Um, yeah, I just, it's hard to. I think that's right. I think it is, too. Um, I wrote them down a long time ago. I know they're in here. Um, but I think uh, that that's a huge one for me because, I mean, that's the amount of free shit we give, you know, like that's, that's what we are. Um, we're a group of go-givers yeah. and I've always been that way. I've read the book, the go-giver a million <laughs> times. It changed my life, but, um, the whole pay it forward mentality, you know, is just huge. I think that if you're unwilling to give without any expectations, it's a good like, spot. yeah, if you're not willing to do that, right. And like, because the right intention should be no expectations. Yeah. I'm going to give just because I'm going to give. Yeah. You know, and it, it goes back to like, you know, and this will be another one. So I'll save that. I was going to say the story about the ZZ Top guy. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to just keep doing those little wins and little gives all day because they're going to pay off eventually. If if by anything, if nothing less than just making myself feel better. And you won't, well, yeah. And I'll never that, But I was going to say, you won't even notice it. I won't. It's so small that. You won't even notice it. I told you a couple of weeks ago. I was like, dude, I feel like God's just like throwing shit mm. in front of me. And I'm like, how lucky. And then it's like, no, this isn't luck. Yeah. Believe in karma or not, it's hard work and doing the right thing and being a go-giver repetitively ends up rewarding you in life. Yeah. Tomorrow, next year, ten, who knows? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because if you live life that way, things present themselves. But it also goes to show like the more you give – the more people respect you, the more people love you, the more people want to give back to you. Like you put off an energy that comes full circle. So, but again, you have to trust that, you know, you have to start giving without going like, well, what am I going to get in return for this? You know, it's, it's, you're not, you're just giving just to give. That's it. The same reason why, like, I think authentic, organic content marketing works well for the right people is because if you're just constantly giving value and always willing to help, your business is going to grow. Yeah. But you have to be patient as fuck for that. Because I have to go, I'm going to just keep giving. One day, this shit's going to get big. Yeah. You have to have a gut feeling that this is the right thing to do. And trust. Yeah. Yeah. You got to trust it. So I think being a go-giver is huge for me. Um, again, there's no better feeling, and you know this, there's no better feeling than giving. Like yeah. giving gifts, giving presents, giving surprises. Gratitude. Giving gratitude, appreciation, anything. It's just, it just feels good. And you fuel yourself off that energy. You know what I mean? Like you give more and give more gratitude, man, gratitude is fuel. So the more you give, the more you end up giving yourself. Yeah. You're just energizing yourself. Um, another one is, uh, enthusiasm. So this is kind of like what we're talking about. Enthusiasm, positivity, energy. It all kind of goes in the same thing, but I think positivity is better. I think so too. You can put enthusiasm on negativity. Yeah, true. Um, (laughs) I think that the point is, is is looking at the glass half full instead of half empty. Positive. Being optimistic. Being yep. positive. It's like you have it's a contagious. choice right now. You can look at the negative side or you can look at the positive side. You can look at the positive side or you can fail to see that there's any positive. You can seek out the lesson in the situation. You can avoid the lesson. The point is, is if you're not trying to just give 5% more into everything you do. We talked about this in the last podcast. I don't know if it was the last one that you listened to this, but we talked about it recently. If you're not willing to just give a little bit extra, 1% more, 5% more, a little more enthusiasm, a little more positivity, like 
forget the negative shit, forget the sad thing, forget anything that's going on that's, that's troubling you. Focus on now and just be more positive. Give a smile to a stranger. Buy the person behind you Starbucks if you can. Hold a door open. Do anything, you know? Um, I mean, shit, even the other day, somebody uh, bought Shannon and Blakely their Starbucks, but they couldn't afford to buy the whole thing or they didn't know because sometimes you do it. I mean, you've been with me before and it was like yeah. 27 bucks and I was like, oh, fuck, what did you order? Yeah. They contributed $3 to her. They're cool. Yeah. They can afford three bucks. They said, hey, I want to put $3 towards the car behind me. Yep. It made them feel super good. Yeah. Like, it, it's not about the dollar amount. It's just about the fact that somebody, some stranger did something nice for you. And it's your job to pay it for it. But that's positivity. Yep. And positivity is contagious. I've never met anybody who is super positive that's surrounded by negative people. I haven't. Totally. You know, and it's the chicken before the egg. Who knows who did it first? But somebody in their life was super positive and it rubbed off on them and then they rubbed off on them. Now all of a sudden, everybody around them is just kind of positive. Yeah. Or they remove themselves. Because if they're unwilling to change their mindset and be more positive and stop being negative, they're probably not going to be surrounded by each other any longer. Yeah. Because nobody grows from that. Um, so positivity is one for sure. Um, I have connection on here too when I wrote out our core values. I don't know if connection is a good word for it. But, I mean, it's like the, the uh, my favorite quote ever regarding this kind of topic is that Nipsey Hussle quote. And it says, um, if, if your circle, if you look around and your circle doesn't lift you up, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. Best quote ever, because if you can't look around, you going back to the positivity tip and the people around you aren't willing to like cheer you on, support you, try to elevate you. It's a cage. They're holding you back. They're locking you in. There's a ceiling over your head. That is not the environment you want to be around. And the reason I say that stemming from connection is because I think connection, environment, just human relations, like it's a core value from a standpoint of I value it so much that I make sure every day of my life I'm trying to enhance it. Yeah. Even if it's just like, I'm not going to meet anybody new today or connect with anybody new, but I'm going to show somebody love today. I'm going to appreciate somebody. I'm going to connect with somebody I already know. Right. Um, or leave an impression on somebody by connecting with them in public or whatever. Yeah. What is that quote? Uh, it's Nipsey also. And it's, it's maybe not it's word circle? for word. Yeah. Circle. circle. So basically, okay, so what it, there has to be the initial drive mm -hmm. from the person to want to elevate and want to get better in order for their circle to be a cage. Mm -hmm. Because if they're not wanting to elevate or better themselves, that environment or circle around them is not holding them back. You can't hold somebody back that's not trying to go forward. I like that. It's very you know true. What, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you are someone that are is a go-getter or, you know what I mean, like trying to better yourself, your yeah. career, your life, your, everything. You can't stop me. Yeah, but if if you are trying to do that, then you would analyze the circle around you because if they're not cheering you on or uh, motivating you or supporting you, then they are holding you back. But yeah. if you are not trying to do that yourself, they're just – There's not a case to just be had. Ex Exactly. Yeah, they're yeah. just existing. Yeah. They're not – It starts with you for sure. I think uh, I agree with that 100%. And I think that's – I mean, obviously, in this in this context with this podcast, we're talking about the person that is trying to bet himself. Yeah. But not everybody in the world is like that. Yeah. So if you're not like that, then you don't really have a circle or a cage doing anything for you. Yeah. I think uh, – friends. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. 
Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I agree with that. I think that you can't even relate to that quote if you're not trying to grow. There you go. For sure. But if you're trying to grow and you keep getting held back or feel like you're getting slowed down, um, because I do think that at the end of the day, if you are a go-getter, nobody's building a cage around you. You're going to go get it regardless. But people can slow you down and get in your head. If you're not taking action because you're doubting yourself. And if you reverse engineer where that doubt's coming from, and it's because everybody around you is telling you that it's impossible, yeah. it's too risky, yeah. you shouldn't try it, nobody's done it before, yeah. you're, they're fueling your self-doubt. Yes. Which means you need to surround yourself with people that would go, fuck yeah, dude, you should do that. Who cares what people say? Take the risk. Yeah. You, YOLO, you yeah. live one life. Yeah. That's people who, that's a circle that's going to support you. Um, they're trying to get Now, like, we've both probably experienced this people who do that, who are naysayers that fuel our self-doubt and they don't do it out of spite. They don't do it because they don't want us to win. They do it because they're insecure about themselves and they're not a go-getter and they're afraid to take action. So they give you their advice that they think is safest, which is don't go take a risk. Yeah. That's not smart. Yeah. Like that's holding you back. Yeah. It's true. Cause I've had naysayers in my yeah, life yeah, yeah. that I'm never going to remove yep. because they're family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just real shit. They're, yeah. they're close friends of mine eventually I proved them wrong and yeah. they're like, okay, like, well done, you yeah. know? And it is what it is. And I never hold it against them because that's a normal, like the truth is, is in today's world and not just today, but for the last 20 to 30 years, probably after the industrial area era, like dude, being an entrepreneur, which industrial era was probably like, what, 50s, 60s. I don't know. But being an entrepreneur, taking risks, blazing your own path, joining startup companies, Anything like that is risky as fuck. The way generations before us were raised is have security, have benefits, work nine to five, you know, do things that are comfortable. You don't want to take any risks like safety, you know, put away money like you want to like support yourself for retirement. And a lot of people in, in today's world, even like a little bit older than us, a little bit younger, so a lot of it's like, fuck, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yeah. I better make some shit happen and love my life and do something cool. And that's like, that's out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it goes back to like the people I respected that were authentic, their trailblazers, they were doing shit that I was like, whoa, I've never been taught this. What, you guys are crazy. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I respected it and I wanted that, you know? So I think that that quote isn't to say like, oh, if people are naysayers, remove everybody from your life and go do your own thing. Because that's not what I'm saying. It just means that you have to, you have to filter those properly. You have to change the conversation. There's, you know, there's certain times where I was like, I'm just, I'm going to choose to not share what I'm doing because this person's a negative. They're a naysayer. Let's talk about other stuff. Cause I still love you. Let's yeah. talk about other stuff. And then I have other friends that were like, fuck you. When we lived together, yeah. you were like pepping my shit up. What are you doing? What are you doing? What yeah. Are you doing? This could be fucking huge. Yeah. Your camera sucks. <laughs> Let's improve that. Like yeah. I'm like dope. Yeah. Improvement. Let's talk, you yeah. know? That's, that's the, the kind of conversations you want to have. So it's either filter them or remove them because there are sometimes people in your life you just got to be like, you know, I can't surround myself with you as much. Um, but I love that quote, but I also love what you said about it because I do think it, it truly does. It's up to you. If you are in a cage, it's by your choice. People influence you to be in that cage, but you chose to sit in that cage because at the end of the day, we make our own choices and decisions, yep. um, which honestly, I would throw that in there for the core values, being a go-getter. Like just doing, uh, Rob Dyrdek has his podcast that I've been listening to. It's pretty dope. Um, he talks about, uh, uh, a do or do or dire is what he calls it. He was like, I only, cause what he does now is he, he's kind of like a capital investor, 
But instead of just providing capital and letting you build a company, he provides capital and then he joins, he owns part of the business and helps you build it and then he leaves because he likes the creative process. So it's cool. He interviews people that he's helped create companies and he kind of like goes into their story and how they create this idea. He sells all of the equity? I don't know that for sure. <laughs> I doesn't I, sound I very think, smart. But. I think he steps down. Sure. Because there's no way he'd be like that involved in yeah. 17 businesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? But want, um, always want res- residual. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool podcast though. But uh, he he talks about he only works with people that are I think he says big dreamers and do or dyers. So it's like I'm all in, all the chips are in. Like it's do or die. No plan B. Here we go. You yeah. know. And I think that's a core value of mine because, <laughs> and I don't want to say that, and people just start like fucking going ham with decisions. Yeah. But the truth is. If you can create a plan, develop belief and confidence in a plan or a path that you want to take, I think you have to become a do or dire. I think you have to be a go-getter. You have to be an action taker. You have to be willing to take risks and go all in. Not mediocre. No. Completely. Yeah. And I, th- and I, was, gonna, I was thinking about that earlier when I said about people that are trying to improve themselves, but there is a scale mm-hmm. of trying to better yourself. There is a scale of people that are go-getters. There's a scale, there is, you know, there's a, you know, I don't know the word, but, you know, you could be, try to improve yourself, but to the, the amount of that decision you're making. So say quitting your job and and starting your own company, you have to be at level 10 to make that work. You can't be a go-giver on level five or six, you know what I mean? Because it just won't work. Funds, Fees, marketing, systems, employees, all that stuff doesn't appear because you believed in yourself. There you go. <laughs> so it's like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit my job, I'm a doer. Now what? Yeah. Where's everything? But you know, like that, the, the the now what comes. It depends on how hardcore you tackle that now what. Yeah. Okay, now I gotta figure this out. Yeah. You hundred percent. And then you develop those systems, you figure that out. But you have to That's have that. That's being a go giver ten. Yeah. Um and I believe you I like the scale of it, but you get you gotta be you I, have to be a go-getter. In your life. And here's the thing too, is this is not a, a, a statement geared towards entrepreneurs. It's geared towards anybody because if true. you're, if you're uh, depressed, you have to figure out a way to be a go-getter to shift the way your mindset works. If you're not happy with your relationship, you have to be a go-getter by taking action to improve that relationship. Yeah. And if the person doesn't want to improve it with you, it's not a good relationship. Yeah. But like, Everything, this is where it's like everything is your fault. It's a really, like, uh, there's a lot of leaders who say that. Everything is your fault. So if you're in a situation where you're not happy and there's two parties, three parties, four parties, it doesn't matter how many people are involved. If you don't take action to change it, it's your fault. It's the same thing with, like, the shirts. Be the change. Yeah. Right? Obviously, global scale is a, a completely different animal. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be the change. Because if you're not doing something about what you believe in, what, it's your fault. And it, the smaller the scale, the more it is your fault. And that's where if you hate your job, that's your fault. If you aren't happy in your relationship, that's your fault. If you don't like your body, that's your fault. You're not taking action. A go-getter takes action on change, regardless of a business. The other aspect of that too is there's go-getters within a business, right? You see potential in me at the very beginning and you're like, I'm going to take action on fueling that because I know what it could be. I believe in it, Right? Brittany said something to me about her conversation with Andrea. She was like, I'm, I want, I'm talking to him because I want to figure out how do I become better to fuel you to be better, mm. right? Because I don't want to be the captain of the ship. 
but I recognize that I can step in and take action, be a go-getter to make you better. better and then we all, exactly. And then we all get better. So there's different levels of this and it doesn't even have to apply to business. Um, and I just want to preface that I think a lot of times when we start talking personal development, I use business examples yeah. and uh, references to business people. And then it can seem like yeah. it's a business tip. I think it's a very hard pa- uh, par, a very hard pill to swallow for people but to say you are always the problem. You are always, it is always your fault. And I, I get that even like personally, but like nothing will ever change unless you change it. Exactly. Nothing will ever change unless you change it. And, and, and I'm not saying myself or anybody else out there, it's always a woe is me, but it boils down to you putting the blame on others mm-hmm. or you saying this, they're, they're stopping it from being able to change. Yeah. You know, I, I think at the core of it, if, if you're blaming somebody else, First thing you do is remove that person, remove that person and yeah. take on the challenge or take on the change yourself. Yeah. Even if, even if that means removing the person's responsibility, not even just the person responsibility of making that problem, making it better because like, so example uh, for this, true. like, as you know, like Andreas works with me on multiple areas of life, one being relationship and talking through him with something and bringing up a situation where I'm not at fault in the situation. Right. And uh, it's something that maybe makes me upset. And he goes, all right, so when this happens, you have to tell yourself it's your fucking fault. And, of course, my first response is like, what the? No, dude, like, (laughs) that's bullshit. And he's like, no, it's your fault. Because if you pout and you don't do anything to improve yourself or your relationship or how you guys operate after this situation happens, it's your fault. You didn't take action on changing it. You're telling me you want change, right? Don't wait on other people. It's not other people's responsibility. It's yours, so it's your fault. And, and this is the thing he says to me, too. He's like, he's like, I have the same conversation with her. Like, it's, you know what yeah, I mean? And I think yeah. if you can take that, because that, the reason I say that is because you mentioned removing the person. <laughs> if I'm bickering, I'm not going to remove my wife. Well, but, it depends on the scenario. But I, but I think you either remove the person or the situation, or you remove the other person's responsibility, because all your fault really just is another way of saying it's all on you. It's your responsibility. You know, in like, if you read a lot of business leadership books, if somebody fucks up in your team, it's your fault. Yeah. Why? Because you didn't properly tell them how to do it. You didn't fix the problem before the problem came. You yeah. didn't lead them in order to be an action taker to own the issue and fix it. And, like, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Because a lot of times, and we all have ego, so you're like, it's not my fault. Yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. I made it clear. Well, obviously, you didn't make it clear enough. Or if you made it clear and the person doesn't care, well, then you didn't make the person care. You know, so then we go down a different rabbit hole. Are you leading that person enough to get them to care like you care? So there's, and I mean, we, we saw that at the team event, like the amount of care and growth and excitement at the, you know, for me, that was a proud moment. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm heading down the right path of making sure people care like I care, you know, and it's always, a, it's a constant journey as a leader, but like, man, that that's, if you're a parent, same thing, it's your fault. If you're a husband or wife, same thing, your fault. If you're an employee or an employer, your fault. Taking extreme ownership of everything only leads to positive changes in your life because you determine the change that's created, right? Does that make sense? Like yeah. if you don't take responsibility, you're leaving up in the air. Who knows? Maybe this other person will have extreme ownership and they'll take responsibility, even though I did it, and they'll try to fix it. But now again, I'm just relying on them. And they're over here saying, I didn't fuck up. I'm relying on you. And then everybody crumbles. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's what it means by saying it's all your fault. Yeah. 
I just, I know, you know, some people probably have that mindset of, I, you're telling me it's all my fault and for me to make the change, but why aren't they? 100%. Why aren't they saying it's their fault and they need to also make a change? You can't control them. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, because if you're saying to me, it's not, a, it's a tough pill to swallow <clears throat> for all of us. True. Very true. Me included. Absolutely. And I had resistance to it. Yeah. I remember the first book I read about, it, I almost laughed. I was like, come on. But then I kept reading, I kept going, and then I started thinking, and then I talked to Andreas, and he said the same thing. And then I, and I started seeing this common pattern, and I started really thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, well, if I am just sitting here saying, well, why aren't they taking, I'm not going to take ownership or responsibility because they're not taking responsibility. Well, now, that's the equivalent of saying, well, I'm not going to lose weight because you're not losing weight. Yeah. I'm not going to improve my body because you're not improving your body. I'm not going to make this company more money because you don't want to make this company more money. I think that's, I'm not going to work hard because you're not working hard. <laughs> I don't want to create change because you don't want to create change. Yeah. It, it, it's not about anybody but yourself. Do you want to improve or change? Yes or no? Then do it. Then do it. Yeah. And if you don't rub off on them and they don't start changing, that's fine. But you can live with the satisfaction and fulfillment that you took action on it. You took responsibility and that's going to carry over into other areas of life. Because the people who don't take ownership and, and responsibility, they'll fade away. Totally. They won't last. Plain and simple. It's not a core value of mine. It I is. I mean, extreme ownership. You, I mean. That's, that's. Oh, it's definitely a core value. That's what it is then. Extreme yeah. ownership. Which yeah. is a book, by the way, for people listening, by Jocko. Great book. But um, it, it, say again? Ex- extreme ownership. It's and, a, but it's the same thing. Every, that whole conversation is about go-giver too. About mm-hmm. changing you to make a change. Yep. Extreme that's ownership or go-giver. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was solid. I had some questions, but. We got a little bit of time. We got eight minutes. The next question is going to take 45 more minutes. <laughs> There's no way. Okay. So, anyway. I well, think that's all my core values, though. Yeah. It was that authenticity, um, trust, honesty, all those kind of fit in the same one. Being a go-giver, and then I would say extreme ownership. Dope. Cool, man. Well, maybe we'll have to do this again and ask more questions like that. Yeah. I could go off on that one. Um, takeaways from the podcast, guys. Number one, create your own core values. Don't write them down because they sound cool. Write things down that you already live by and you wish you lived by more. Like you, you kind of do this, but you value that. Things that you value in other people and you know inherently in your gut is right, but maybe you're not showing it enough. Um, and then, and, and a good example of that is the whole positivity thing. That can be really cheesy. You know, like the greeter at Walmart says hi and you're like, hey man, how's it going? Dude, how's your day been? It's hot. And starting a conversation with them, people are like, dude, that's so fucking cheesy. I'm not going to do that. But being really, and I've, I've heard many successful people and happy and fulfilled people say this, doing the cheesy things, the things that everybody thinks cheesy are exactly what separate happy, successful people from unhappy and unsuccessful people. Totally. Because they're willing to go the extra mile to do that. And it rubs off. You end up feeling better. Totally. So the positivity thing is huge, but look for things in your life that you know, you wish you lived to the fullest uh, that you see other people living that you respect um, and or things that people tell you, you know, so like the authenticity thing, like I think I realized that was more of my core value when people told me I was authentic and I was like, fuck, that makes me feel really good that you can come here and say that like I, I feel con- confident and comfortable talking to you because you really are who you say you are. That made me feel so good that I was like, man, I'm gonna live that to the fullest, you know, um, and then the extreme ownership is the other one, yeah. like the, write your core values and then just take extreme ownership on everything you do. Like if you start looking at everything as your fault and your responsibility, as crazy as that fucking sounds, I promise you will take more action and get more shit done in your life. Period. Because you, you, you stop feeling out of control 
and now all of a sudden you're in control. You know, like the saying people always say, like, um, don't focus on what you the what you can't control. Yeah. And people are always like, that is so much easier said than done. Yeah. Because I'm really stressed out about this shit going on that I can't control. Well, if you look at that thing and go, okay, this is my responsibility to change, you will feel better about it. You'll be scared at first, but then you're going to go do things that make that or other things in your life better that make that problem not as big of a problem, right? You're making problems bigger because you're not taking responsibility. So take responsibility. It's going to help you take more action. It's good, man. Create more change. Yep. And yeah. Have a good day. Oh,